Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm so excited today. I'm so excited about 2020 for our church and for all of our families. How many are excited about what God is gonna do this year? Could I get an amen? Could you put your hands together if you believe that? And you know, part of the reason why I'm so excited is because we started this year off as a church on a 21-day fast. We've set aside 21 days to seek the Lord, to give face time to God, to shut certain things out so that we can open up our hearts up to him. And I've been hearing incredible testimonies and reports. Just this past week, I was talking to a young businessman. He's doing well in his career. He's a young married. And he was sharing with me how uh, throughout the fast, he started to wake up real early and just spend time with the Lord at a, in a new way, at a whole new level. And his co-workers keep saying to him, I don't know what you're doing, but I like the new you. I like the new you. And see, the reason being is because when we spend time with God, then God begins to make an impact on us. We spend time with God. God makes an impact. He impresses his nature, his character upon us just by us seeking him in, a, in an intense way. And then without us even realizing it, we actually start to make an impact for him. That's the way it's supposed to be. How many would say amen to that? Amen. How many would agree that we should make an impact? So part of the way I feel today is that after we spent all this time soaking up Jesus, you know, and if you're a young believer here, I want to encourage you little as much when God is in it. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just start your journey. Start your journey. Start seeking God. Start reading the Bible and watch how you will grow in God and you will become strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But as we spend time with God, I feel like there's a challenge that I need to put to our entire congregation. Can I challenge you this morning? Okay, some of you said yes, some of you said no. Can I challenge you guys this morning? Amen. Well, I believe that after spending all of this time with God, now it's our turn to really step up. Everybody say step up. The natural progression of spending time with the Lord should be that you and I step up. That we would step up to make the impact that God really does want us to make. That we would step up and make a difference for the kingdom of God. We are called to make a difference not just for ourselves but for Jesus in 2020. Do we accept that today? So that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about stepping up so that we could really make a difference 
for the Lord so that we could really make an impact. And before I tell you the subject, the main truth, the verses, I just want to pray because I think that you and I all agree that we should step up and make an impact. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, you could say, you could agree with that. Just say amen. Amen. And so I want to pray because regardless of what it is, if you know the Lord and love the Lord, then you're just ready. So lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands to God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thousands of years later, your spirit is just as real, just as powerful. Thousands of years later, your word is just as true, God, just as wise, just as perfect. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we invite you to come now, Holy Spirit, and to speak to us. And I ask that you would speak to every heart and challenge every heart to step up. Bless this word. Bless our time together. Get past all of the walls. Get past every excuse. Lord, get past every lie. And bring us near to you. Oh, God, and help us to step up and make an impact. And so I thank you. I praise you. I ask that you would, Lord, bless my feeble lips, oh, God. Help me, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So how do we step up and make an impact? Well, I would say that the way we step up is... By doing something that is, is probably the most natural expression of Christianity. The way we step up is that we serve the Lord. We serve the Lord. When Paul introduced himself, Peter, many times when the, when the writers of the Bible introduced themselves, they would say something like, Paul, a servant of Christ. In the, in, um, the, the, in the Bible from the very beginning all the way to this day, people will often say, I serve the Lord. How many know we are called to be servants of God? When you become a Christian, he is your friend, but he's also your Lord. He's, he's not just Savior. He's also Master. And as Master, we serve him. And so part of the way we step up is that we serve. To serve means to minister. To minister means to serve. The definition of minister literally means that we serve people. And so we are called to serve the kingdom of God, to serve one another, to serve the body of Christ. Serving is something that is very sacred. Service is sacred. In in our culture, being a serving, a participating in community service is a wonderful thing. 
but there's community service which you do if you feel like doing or if not. But when you're a Christian and he's your Lord and your master, your service is a sacred thing. Serving is a very important and crucial part of the life of every believer, not some of the believers, because if you are a child of God, you naturally become a servant of God. Thank you, I got two amens. We're servants. We're servants of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How many would say amen to that? So a great question is, how are you serving? What's your ministry? Are you serving? Are you serving? Are you serving? Very, very important question. So I got a, I got a couple of verses that I want to share. Um, I actually have a, a, more than one, but I'm going to focus on just one key anchor verse from the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 4. I've got it in two different translations, the New International and then the Hebrew translation. This is kind of like the scriptures in the mindset of a Hebrew because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament in Greek, but even the New Testament uh, is it has the background of the Hebrew mindset, the Jewish mindset. That's our roots as Christians. The Old Testament uh, builds towards the New Testament. And so uh, at the end of the book of Colossians, the very important book of Colossians, like a couple verses away, look at what the, what the Apostle Paul does. He says, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry, the service, the work you have received in the Lord. Archippus, see to it that you complete the everyone. That's the service. Ministry, service, service, ministry. Ministry, service is work. Work, service, ministry, it's all the same. That you have received in the Lord. Watch in the Hebrew, it says, say to Archippus, see to the everyone. See to the service. Which you have received in the master, so that you complete it. See to, see to the service which you have received in the master, so that you complete it. Now, this is a direct challenge to the mindset and understanding of lots of people, okay? Because some people think that we come to church just for us, okay? But we come to church for more than just for us. And Archippus is really interesting. Um, Archippus, we don't know how old he was. We don't know if he was married or single. We don't know uh, um, exactly what he did in the church. All we know about Archippus is that he was a guy who served at the Colossians church. He served at the Colossian church and... Uh, at a certain point, in a sense, Paul calls him out. Paul puts him on blast. And he says, tell Archippus, everybody say, that's me. He says, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I believe that the Bible had Archippus pretty vague because Archippus is actually an archetype. An archetype is a model of the original. 
In other words, he is a chief example of what we ought to be like, and Paul is really exhorting him. He is an example and challenged to be an example of the greatest example. Who was the greatest servant of all? Could everybody say it with me? Jesus. Jesus was the greatest servant of all. And, and when the apostle Paul is saying, Archippus, serve, he's saying, listen, you have received something from God. Be like Jesus. Okay, today in Chicago, as you receive the challenge to step up, part of the challenge, the fundamental essence of today's challenge is be like Jesus. So let's look at service in the life of Jesus for just a couple of moments. There's a few things that we could learn. These are some very powerful verses that describe Christ. In Philippians chapter 2 it says, Who being in very nature God, he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Let me read that one more time. Who be this Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, let's read in the bold, ready? By taking the very nature of a servant. When Jesus took on human likeness, he became a servant. Okay, and what, what Philippians is highlighting here, brothers and sisters, is that Jesus decided to be a servant. So when you think about service, service is something that you decide to do. Service is something that you're called to do, but you also decide, you make a decision to serve. He emptied himself of his glory in heaven, and he came on, and he took on the nature of a servant. Matthew 20, 28, you see his mission statement. If you want to know Jesus' mission statement, here it is. It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when it comes to the service of Christ, the greatest servant of all, what you see is he decided to serve. Jesus didn't have to come, but he willingly came. And how many are thankful that he willingly came and he served us into freedom. He went to the cross on our behalf. Could somebody say amen? But he did it by serving. You see, he was the king of glory. In this world, people serve kings. In the kingdom of God, the kings actually serve. And then he would go on to teach us. He actually would go on to teach us. And here's what happens. This is, you know, people are really, people are funny. Because think about this, right? So Jesus picks three guys. And they're hanging out with him. And they get a front row seat to the most amazing miracles in all of history. To the greatest preacher in all of history. Okay. To the most amazing displays of power and glory in all of history. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He multiplied food. He fed thousands. I mean, he did every kind of supernatural, amazing thing that you could imagine. Right. So if you were hanging out with someone like that, what would you be talking about? Here's what the disciples were talking about. They were talking about who was the greatest among them. <laughs> People are funny. 
People are funny. With Jesus, and they're talking about who the greatest is among them. Okay? And then Jesus turns and says to them, listen closely, Victor, Victor. That's not Victor, is that him? Were you serving by the door? Come over here for a second. (laughs) This is real time right here. So listen, come on, turn around right here. So look, I was, I I can't, I have to do this now. So I walked in first service, right? Victor, where were you first service? Uh, Right by that door. He was behind that door. Okay. He's part of our production team. Getting people on and off and doing, there's all kinds of, you know, this is a lot, this is uh, not as easy as it looks up here. Okay, so we need a lot of support. So when I walked in this morning, okay, I walked in and Victor was behind the door during worship. And Victor had his hands raised. He was singing to God. He was worshiping God with a headset on and a big thing on there. And you know what he was doing? He was serving his Lord and his master. Could we put our hands together? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's put our hands together. Yes. When I'm preaching, don't get up because I'll call you out. Yeah. So where was I? Because I wasn't even going to say. Oh, so here's what I was going to say. I was going to say that later, Victor. Next time we'll work out the timing. So here's what Jesus says to them. He says, The greatest among you is not the one who performs the greatest miracles. The greatest among you is not the one who will make the most money. The greatest among you is not the one with the most Instagram followers. The greatest among you is the one who will be the servant. Of all. How many want to be like Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. It's a natural part of serving Jesus as your Lord and King. It's a natural part. There are certain things that should be natural, and we have to get over what's cultural and we have to step into what's biblical. Okay, a lot of us, we want the glory and the blessing and the impact of the kingdom of God, but we want to stay on the outside. We want to stay in the culture. We want to stay in the things that are natural, but the kingdom of God is not natural. It's supernatural. The kingdom of God is powerful. We have to cross over. We have to step into the biblical. Could somebody say amen? When we step into the biblical, then we start seeing a manifestation of the glory and power of God in our lives. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. So here's a great question. What's your ministry? What's your ministry? Where are you serving? Do you know in America, out of the, out of, on average in most congregations, only 20% of the people serve? Only 20% of the people find something to do in the body of Christ. Gifted, capable, amazing talent. 
but only 20%. Our church is probably greater. We're somewhere between 40 to 50%, I believe, and I praise God for that. And I want to, could we thank God for all of the servants? Amen. But I want to challenge you today, step up and serve. I want to challenge you today, there's a contribution that you can make, and it's sacred, and it's important to God. And the, the angels are watching. You don't, you're going to tell me there wasn't an angel taking note? I'm telling you right now, the Bible says that the angels watch, and they were taking note, Victor, behind the door. And one day, when all of this burns up, he will stand before his master and king and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. So be it for all of us, oh God. So it's a big deal. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. Can I, I want to give you a quick definition of ministry. The word ministry is a role or position of service. It's a higher function. And listen, here's an amazing definition for ministry that Warren Wiersbe wrote, the late uh, uh, Warren Wiersbe. He said, ministry, service takes place. When divine resources, everyone say divine resources, right, meet human needs, everybody say meet human needs, here it is, through loving channels. Everybody say that's me. God wants to make you a loving channel. Ministry takes place, service takes place when divine resources released from the throne of God meet human need. Okay, how? Through loving channels to the glory of God. It comes from heaven. It flows down through us. It reaches out to other people. And then it goes back to Jesus to get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Service. Ministry. All of us are called to step up and serve. I don't care how old you are. You could be in college, high school. Step up and serve. You could be a, sen a senior citizen. Step up and serve. We benefit from both sides of the spectrum and all the way in between. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one man, one woman sharpen another. There's something powerful that happens. When we step up and serve. So he gives in this verse like three keys to stepping up. And I want to I wanna just walk through them very, very quickly. First of all, you have to see it. First of all, you have to see it. He said, he said Archippus, see to it. See to it means that you, you, you stop, you observe, you're looking. It means that you're like paying attention. Uh, 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 fundamentally, he's saying this. Keep your eye on the work that God has given you. Keep your eye on the work. If you want to work for God, you have to keep your eye on the work. A lot of people, you get your eye on the work for a minute, then you take your eye off the work. 
you see. But he's saying, Archippus, keep your eye on the work. Stay focused on the contribution that you're supposed to make. I have a plan for you. Keep your eye on it. Do what I've shown you to do. Stop worrying about what what you want to do 10 years from now. Just put your eye on what you're supposed to do today. If it's be behind the door, let me tell you, he could be behind the door today and he could be in this pulpit tomorrow. Only God knows the plan that he has for Victor's life. First thing I did in the kingdom is I was part of the jet cadets. So I was, you know, 21, 22. And they said, look, we need, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. We need young guys to serve our our children okay they said that's where you should join I didn't know what to do I had no idea I said okay I'll do that so little did I know that when I said okay I do that I had to put on these blue kind of unfashionable pants light blue t-shirt and then a dark blue sash like a boy scout I wasn't even a Boy Scout when I was a kid. Now they wanted me to a 21-year-old Boy Scout. It was really fun walking through the streets with that blue T-shirt going to the Jet Cadets. And we go and spend time with the boys that were seven to eight years old. And you had to stand there and it was based on the Navy. It was like Christian, you know, cadets. And we did all of that. And, and, uh, and then guess what? It wasn't forever. Then God had something else. And then God had something else. You see, you have to put your eye on whatever he puts in front of you and then do whatever he puts in front of you. And when God wants to move you, guess what? He will move you. And if you're faithful in the small, how many know much more will be added? Could somebody say amen? No excuses. Put your eye on it. So like today, I was, I was uh, when I was speaking in the first service, I looked over at him. Does anybody know his name? Somebody, if you know his name, shout it out. Yo, you're popular, bro. <laughs> now, I bet not even 10% of this room knows his name. What time did you get here today? 6.15, 6.30. What time did you get here? I hope 10.30, but that's another conversation. We'll preach about lateness for church at another time. 6.15, right? Why? So what time did he really wake up? Okay. He didn't show up in his PJs, so we know it was way before that. Why would he do that? It's because that's his service unto the Lord. Aren't you thankful for that service right there? Hallelujah. He has to keep his eye on that. What song are they singing? What lick? How do I do that? How do I, you know, how are we going to play that? What's the progression to that song? See to it. What's your ministry? See to it. You got to engage. You got to lock in. You got to focus with no excuses. You got to see to it. This is a big, big deal. Listen to this. After World War II, a handful of veteran pilots in the U.S. and U.K. 
dreamed of a way that they could serve and use their flying skills to reach isolated people with the gospel. So think about this. It's World War II, and there are pilots who are flying. Some of them are literally dropping bombs. And what do they do when they get back if they, if they know the Lord? See, if they know the Lord, when they get back and they're sitting there, they're like, thank God that we're safe. Lord, we pray for the, for the soldiers that are out on the field in the foxholes right now. And then I'm sure there were moments in time where there was a break in the intensity. They go, what are you going to do after the war? Man, when we make it through this war by the grace of God, you know what I want to do? I want to use my talent to take the gospel all over the place. I don't know, but I want to use my talent to, to do that, right? And so watch this. Betty Green started MAF, which is Missions Aviation Fellowship. And she started with one outdated plane, and she was flying Wycliffe missionaries to remote jungle locations in Mexico with unreached people groups. So after they founded the MAF, and since then, men and women have been using aviation and technology to share Christ's love in the most remote places. Today, they have a fleet of, it's either 135, either 135 or 145 planes, one junky plane, 135 planes, because little is much when God is in it. Today, they reach 2,000 different humanitarian organizations, their impact is global just because somebody dream, uh, dr had a dream and they put their eye on that dream and they just got going and they started moving. She said, there's a unique thing for me to do. I want to serve. I'm going to put my eye on this and I'm going to watch God make it grow. If somebody, would somebody praise God for Betty Green today with me? Could you praise God for what she's done? Hallelujah. You got to keep your eye on it. You have to see it. Stop worrying about the thing way down there. Just find something to do today. Everybody say find something. Okay, find something to do. Secondly, we have to receive it. Everybody say receive it. This is where it gets challenging. Okay. This is where. It gets challenging because he said, see to it that you complete the work that you have received in the Lord. When you're in the Lord, you should receive a service. You should receive a work. A lot of people, they see it and they hear it. They just don't receive it. They don't receive it. I know it's going to be quiet now for a minute, but that's all right. They make excuses. They say, you don't understand my schedule. And the truth of the matter is, is you don't understand everybody else's schedule. Nobody knows. But how many know God knows? And God can make room. God can make room for us to make some kind of contribution. Now look, if you're a mom and you have uh, three kids under the age of six, you have a great service. It's all good. There's a time and season for everything. Sometimes our jobs uh, uh, take us away too much. But you can still see to it and receive something. Giving is part of serving the Lord. We'll talk about that later. But today, there is a service. There's a role for us to play. 
Powerful things happen when we make a decision to get out of ourselves and serve. Listen, there are lessons that you will learn and experiences that you will have in God that you will only have when you serve. Going to school is great. Getting your MDiv is great. A lot of people know a lot of Bible. But Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. So things, things start to explode in your life, believe it or not, when you just forget about yourself. And you say, I can't, I can't do ministry full time, but today, you know, I'm going to be on the cameras. We have people on cameras on Tuesday night. We live stream our prayer meeting. The other day we had like 2,000 um, visits to the prayer meeting. None of those people, some people, you know, we've gotten reports. Some people are praying in a, in a different state. And they're watching because we have servants. We've taken the time to learn. I walked through here yesterday, and as I was walking through, it's kind of funny. We had training going on here, and I was so excited. They were, there was a worship team training. There was a, a pro presenter, the people who put these slides up training. And, uh, and then there were two sisters in between those two doors on the floor, and they were putting flower arrangements together. Do you know that sisters come on Saturday, and they put all of these nice flowers just for you? How many are thankful for those sisters? Amen. So it's real funny because I, I took a picture of one group. I took another picture of the other group. And then I went to the two sisters. And I was like, hey, uh, I want to post this. Could I get a, a picture of both of you? And they were like, absolutely not, Pastor. And I got vetoed like, boom. When I saw, I saw one of them today. She's like, oh, I'm ready now. I'm like dressed up. And... Uh, really funny. Powerful, amazing things happen when we serve. I want to make one more point, but I have to close with a story. If it wasn't for one particular servant, Chicago Tabernacle may not even be here. So our church was two weeks old. And two weeks old, a guy who heard about us starting. He was a pastor, children's pastor at a church in normal Illinois. Could have gotten a job as a children's pastor. Children, children's leaders are in very high demand in the church world. He could have gotten a job. He could have done all kinds of stuff. But he heard God touched his heart. And he came, he knocks on my door. He's a young guy, black leather jacket, black this. He had big, tall hair, a lot of gel in it. He knocks on the door. He says, hey, my name is Armand and so on and so forth. I called you up. And he said, I'm here to serve. And he said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And when the church started, he did everything. Armand served in every ministry and he did everything. He carried uh, buckets of concrete with me. He dug holes with me. 
you know, we painted walls together. I mean, Armand was unbelievable. And um, I'll never forget, he went through like a personal, like heartache. Uh, it was pretty devastating, pretty devastating heartache. We don't have time to get into the whole story. But I, I remember thinking, you know, Armand, you should take a couple days off and just chill out. And I got to church. When I got to church, Armand was, he beat me there. He, Armand was right at his desk. And I looked over at Armand, and he had this big hole in his sock. And I, when I saw the hole in his sock, I laughed, and then I wanted to cry at the same time. Because, because I knew that his sense of loyalty and duty and, and surrender and commitment to the Lord, like it just didn't allow him to not be on post. But he was so blown out by what had gone down that he didn't even realize that he was putting on this big giant holy sock. I didn't even, I didn't, I said nothing about the sock that day, you know. And it just, it just made me love Armand all the more. And I, we, we had a time when, when um, we, we were getting floods and sewage would come up out of the floor. And one day uh, I was there and the sewage came up out of the floor and I was actually going home. And then I stopped and I'm going down and Armand was like about to wrestle. I mean, I had like 100 pounds on him, but Armand wanted to wrestle me down. He said, you will not touch that down there. He said, I will do it. He said, you go home. You got to preach the word. I just want you to be ready to feed the people. That's the kind of servant that Armand was. Could we praise God? Could we praise God? So listen, a February came. We almost closed the church. I've told you this story. I was painting with Armand uh, that day. And as we were painting, we got the call. And when we got the call, uh, people had lost their job. We had run out of money. We were going weeks without getting paychecks and um, I remember I stopped taking a paycheck Armand said I won't get paid if you don't take a paycheck I can't take a paycheck you know he said no I refuse he was like unbelievable so we got the call that, that our, our best giver at the time when we had just a handful of people calling said I lost my job we were like oh Lord and he was up on the scaffolding and he had the word of the Lord for me you see, servants, they get close to God, and they get an anointing from God, and they get a grace from God and an authority from God. And he said, Pastor Toledo, I got a word this morning, and it was be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. He said, that's what we're going to do. It's all good. She lost her job, but God is going to come through. We dropped our paintbrushes. We went into the sanctuary. We prayed for an hour or so. We cried out to God. Right after that, I went downstairs. I got a phone call. That's when we got our first $100,000 miracle. Someone sent us a miracle. And I'm telling you right now. When I think about Pastor Armand, who's now a lead pastor of a wonderful church in Elmhurst, you know what I think about? I think about Pastor Armand, servant of the Lord. Servant of the Lord. Amazing. You have to understand as we go to close. You have to understand. You see, 
this precious group of people, myself, we are just servants of God. We're no better, not even a drop. Not even a drop. We're no better than anybody else. We're not more special than anybody else. Not even one cell. Nothing. Jesus is everything. We are just servants of the most high God. Would you guys say amen with me? How many would say amen? But we're all supposed to be servants. Which brings it, me to the last thing as I close. Archippus, see to it, put your eyes on it, that you complete the work that you received. Receive it. Okay? So if you have to see to it, you have to receive it. Then he says complete it. You know what that means? That means that there comes a point in time where you just have to do it. Not three months from now. Today. Not, oh, I'm going to join the ministry, you know, June, you know, 45th. There's no June 45th. And guess what? Jesus might come back by June. We have to work while it is day. Could somebody say amen right here and right now? See to it. See to it. Get engaged. Don't say, I visit that church. Say, I belong to that church. And when you belong to a church, you serve that church. You serve those people. Aren't you grateful for all the servants in the Lord's house? Lord, make me a servant in 2020. Lift your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. We want to be like you. Jesus was a servant. We want to be servants. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. 